I won more premierships alone than the other he 19 managers. Boys, we are here to ranch. James, we have to do justice before just sliding right into the top four. I didn't want to get off track. This, this is one of the best title races. Good afternoon, and Patrick. You're in a really heated race to finish in the top four, and you trot out a B team. What on earth? I don't have an option. I'm talking Wow. Welcome. To Prem de la Prem. It's beginning to look a lot like Fergie in the old Trafford booth. Take it away, Patrick. Oh yeah, I'm not having any part of that. Um, you want to just get on with it, James? Talk about talk Welcome about. Welcome back to Premdel Prem. We are back on our bullshit. We're back to our regular Wednesday time slot. And Patrick, what a weekend of games! Match week 16 gave us, um, as usual, amazing group of games. We'll do our three games of the week, and then pepper in some segments that you guys know and love. Uh, real quick, stonks alert! Stonks. I keep, you know, I keep waiting for you to come in with these, uh, these ad libs, but um, I just get dead air. So let's work on that. Okay. Well, I'll, I'll add it in post. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. We'll just add it in post for sure. That would actually be hilarious. Anyway, stonks <laughs> alert. <laughs> We're through half the match. <laughs> I'm just thinking about that. We're through half the match weeks uh, since the inception of stonks. And if you feel like you've tallied the most points since match week 12, drop us a line. Tell us what you would do with that $100. And then watch Pat and myself invest it for you on Premier League Futures. Yeah, we'll mix it up. We'll do a little bit of Futures. We'll do a little bit of Game Lines. Keep you bought into the day-to-day because I know long-term investing isn't for everybody. Um, yeah, don't quit your day job. Yeah, the Degenerate District should be filling you with a decent amount of confidence. And just trust the course no matter how mm-hmm. bleak it may look. Yeah, going right down the toilet. But all pipes lead to the ocean. I suppose, James. <laughs> and then finally, mark those calendars for the New Year's with the Prem Boys. We are welcoming you into our humble abode, first day of 2020, hitting you with a live stream commentary for the broadcast of Arsenal United. It's going to be a spicy one. Yeah, I mean... And not just in the hangover sense. My mood fluctuates drastically with Arsenal results, so we'll see where I'm at. Um, at the Go into your head right now, Arsenal United. Scoreline, 3, 2, 1... 2 nothing Arsenal. <laughs> <laughs> I cannot wait. We're just I running it back wait. from last year. The old yeah. Jacques and Knuckler. Jacques and Boom. All right, before we get to the footy, which I know you all want to get to, not just myself, let's talk soil.com. Please. It's BSE season. It's well documented. Pat's got it. I've got it. And solar.com wants to see your big solar energy in action by registering to start your solar project today. Patrick. Yes. Did you know the federal tax credit on solar has gone from 30% to a whopping 24%? Yes. Yeah, down just like Wofford. And you never know when it's going to go back up. But with solar.com, we'll rebate that 6% that you're missing all gratis on the house through December 20th. But if that's not enough and you need a little something to sweeten the deal, mention code PREM19 over the phone when you're talking to those lovely people at Sorrel.com and tell them no Arsenal player makes your team of the decade. That will earn you $250 off your purchase, and the code is valid through the end of the year. That's my spiel. Patrick, we might as well call us the fan pick of the week. It was the game everyone talk, was talking about. 
the Manchester Derby, the game that the whole world comes together to watch. Why don't we kick it off there? Yeah, I mean, once again, I'm made to look like a genius. I was just talking last episode about how special derbies can be, and you don't really know what you're going to get out of them. Uh, You're always going to get, I think, in my opinion, a really intense and entertaining game. Uh, There's going to be a storyline one way or the other, and we got several storylines out of this game. I think the the game itself, um, we watched this one together, was it was a little – it was kind of – it was hard to believe what we were seeing, and I'm not sure if you were identifying with this entirely, but it was it was as if those two teams just both went back 10 years, almost, for me. You think so? I would say in terms of the performance, the style not so much, the dominating mm. way of United's old, but I felt United was very in control of that game, and it was a lot of last-dish efforts. What you mean, have you, you, can, you can have a go, yeah. but I don't really remember... I mean, I think De Gea made a couple, maybe one or two, you know, out of his mind saves, mm-hmm. which, of course, if the, he doesn't make those, it's a much different scoreline. But for me, United had a plan. They stuck to it. And it was one of the more impressive collaborations of individual and team defending. Wherever the team defending let down, the individual stepped up. Wherever the individuals were let down, the team stepped up. They only conceded off a set piece. Yeah. And, you know, it, it was and, and yeah, it's it, it, it it remarkable, I would say. I think that's a good point. I, I think I would agree and disagree on the rewinding the clocks 10 years. On the point where I would agree, I think um, counterattacking has always been in the United DNA. I think we lean on it a little bit too much as of late as the only way to win games versus being able to break down teams. But in the sense that United philosophy, it was never it was never rely on superstars to win games. Obviously, there were stars in the squad who could win games. But the Ferguson philosophy was all 11 players on the field need to have an 8 out of 10 game. Mm-hmm. And that's exactly what we got. It was it was solid from, from back to front. You know, the attackers took the third, first 30 minutes by the scruff of their neck. And then it was 60 minutes of just some of the most ballsy defending I've ever seen. It was not I, – I wouldn't want to w- go through that experience again. But um, – Looking back on it with the stress off, it was it was really incredible to watch how that team defended. Um, and then I think where I disagree with you is that I think City um, didn't exactly have an out of character performance. What I wrote down in my notes was we took it. I feel like we took advantage of City the way Chelsea should have done a couple weeks ago, where you just took the, took the opportunities early and then forced them to play your game mm-hmm. or forced them to come at you. You know, didn't give them that opportunity, forced them to break you down. And we were talking about it all game. How good is Kevin De Bruyne? That guy can break down anything. It's, it's he was yeah, it's he remarkable. It. He was the only player with the ball at his feet that game where I thought um, Juan Bissaka is not going to be able to stop him, or Harry Maguire is not going to be able to snuff this out. It, you know, he could pick a pass that unlocks a defense when you've got airtight space of ten players behind yeah. you. Out of so, out of nothing, Gabriel Jesus should have had a goal there in in the end of the in first the first half. half. Yeah, right. first half, and that would have changed the complexion of the game. One hundred percent. We were we were also talking about and and, and yeah. I'd, to clarify my point, this wasn't a game that United dominated. I think that they they executed, and in a sense where you know you're um, you're you're on the road. This is at the Etihad, I believe, mm-hmm. right? This is at the Etihad, right? Mm-hmm. And so this is a game that nobody had any. Um, expectation of them winning right this is a game if you remember i crocked a draw here and if i had listened to you which i should start doing on my crocs 
we yeah, might have, we might have been p- tooting position- that horn. Yeah, yeah. Well, the locks, the locks, I'm 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 good on, and the the specimen <laughs> balls as well. But the croc here. Well, that's a new one. We, yeah, you know, the jury's still out on the meatball. Fine, fine. We're on a heater though. Uh, Appreciate but the accent though. Point is, they non-offensive. They did what they needed to do, and like let, let, let's look at the numbers here. Twenty-three to eleven shots in favor of City. Mm-hmm. Five shots on target for City. Mm-hmm. Seven for United. That's kind of the opportunistic nature we were talking about for United, and also a lot of the pressure that they were putting on uh, City in those dire moments. And I'm just I'm thinking of I'm thinking of the De Gea save. I'm thinking of the Lindelof block. There's just so many moments in that game where you know the the margin for City was so razor thin for them to flip this on its head. Seventy two percent possession. You know that they, they yeah, did a lot it, of the things that they always do, but they. They couldn't break through that United line, and United took advantage of holes in City's game. and And I'll, I'll, I would agree with you; these are holes that have been present all year for City. Yeah, I did. I mean, I don't want to. I don't want to make the narrative that you know we were lucky to come out of there with the three points. I think you know if they converted, it definitely could have been a draw. It um, you know on on a really unlucky day, City could have come out of there three two, turn it around. But I think it was exactly to your point really well executed and i don't think we were lucky no to walk I, to, to walk out of there with the three points i counted uh i went back and did a little tactical analysis put on my big boy glasses i counted nine counterattacks in the first 30 minutes and we converted on two of them and it could have easily been if we're being realistic with rashford you know slotting one wide one off the crossbar um could have been four you know on another day we could have ran riot in the first half and then and then the game really would have been over. I'm disappointed. I mean, you and I called it. I'm disappointed that it became sit back for the remaining 60 minutes, but um, you know, we had the defense to back it up. So I you know, I could not have been prouder. Yeah. And uh sorry, go ahead. You know, I was just going to say I said that to you during the game cuz it it looked like cuz they scored it, you know, right around the 30 minute mark was when we, when United made it 2-0 and from that point on there wasn't a lot of ambition from United. But there was cohesion. There, there was clearly a plan. But the ambition. I would to say get there was uh, the implication of danger. No. <laughs> what's what's that always, Sonny? <laughs> yeah. So the they implication. are in danger. <laughs> no, it's the implication of danger. Yeah, it's the implication. <laughs> and I think it was implied that we could have busted out um, if um, if that was the game plan. Again. Sure, sure. Uh, but yeah, I, I did say it's a you know you want to get to the half. 2-0. I thought that was a big, big thing for United to do, having yeah. taken the 2-1 yeah. lead. Um, coming out of the half at 2-1 would have been a much different story. And they did that. They succeeded in that. And then they came out, and within five minutes, it felt it felt like there had been 20 minutes that had gone by. I think I remember you at, like, the 49, 50-minute mark just saying, Jesus Christ, it's only been five minutes, or something to that effect. Like the When you're you counting were, minutes, yeah, right after the second you half. You came starts. right out of the second half, and, and you sat in, and to your credit, we praised Tottenham for getting a draw doing the same thing uh, at the Eddie had at the beginning of the season, and United were able to see it out and get a win. So uh, I, I think all credit to United here. I don't really think it was such such a poor performance um, from City, but if you take your chances against City and can defend lock tight, then yeah, you can get you can get results. And we've seen we've seen teams do that. New, Newcastle took their chances against City. Wolves took their chances against City. There's and there's many teams that don't take their chances against City, and City can still wallop somebody nine nothing. Uh, but it's it's I, the, the question that I want to ask you about City, and I want to I want to um, see if we can make a, a mountain out of this molehill is 
is Love the doing that. difference between them and Liverpool in the table putting undue pressure on them to perform and they're losing kind of a focus on the moment because I think from my perspective one of the best things about a pep team is execution is a team that consistently executes and I'm not seeing that same level of I'll call it perfection and that's just the mm-hmm. bar pep sets and it's not a fair mm-hmm. bar but that's the bar he set throughout the course of his career is it too hard to maintain that when your ambitions are that high and the gap is getting larger and larger I, and larger I I think the short answer is yes I think Mourinho had a great quote that was like you should love what you, what you do it should be in, enjoyable that's why I, I have hair and Guardiola doesn't have hair it's it's <laughs> it's well documented that Guardiola is obsessed with perfection you know and you know, we're, we talk about the title by his feet while he's studying game tape on the flight home this guy lives and dies by executing a game plan to a t and that's how you end with the most points total in premier league history that's how you win two in a row not three in a row shout out united um so my short answer is yes i think you can only sustain perfection for so long and even though their performance was symptomatic of their season, it's not symptomatic. Their performance was not symptomatic of Guardiola's uh, city. I was surprised, for instance, how they tried to hit us with pace, get balls behind the defense, kind of play through balls versus patient buildup. And I think with patient buildup, you leave yourself more covered in defense. Mm-hmm. And so they tried to go toe to toe with um, just breaking the lines. And then in turn, if we were able to turn the ball over, we were gone. We were off to the races. And that, to me, when I was watching, made me think, hmm, this is very un-Guardiola. So I think he's feeling the strain of three, you know, trying to do this for a third straight season. And then you look at Liverpool, like you mentioned, 14 points ahead of them, same amount played, uh, won 15 games, one drawn. When you look at the, uh, I think City's getting, City's getting cityed. You know, you look at the perfection and you're like, we play well, but we're not that good. Um, right. it, it's a real demoralizing thing. Yeah. Yeah, I'd, 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 I'd agree with you. And I, that's where I, I mean, I think that um, that pressure isn't on any other team but City. There's no other team that is looking to Liverpool in the table and feeling the pressure of them pulling away, in my opinion. Well, we'll, we'll get there. We'll get to our friends, the Foxes. Later yeah, well, I mean, line. I think that they may, but I think that they're also – they're, 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 they're an underdog story. But the, 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 the last thing on this, City's on pace for 76 points. Mm-hmm. And while that would win you a title in the early 20-aughts, as our friend the engineer would say, um, the 20 or put you in, in the conversation for winning a title um, – that's putting you well off the pace in these last couple of years. And it seems mm-hmm. like Liverpool is going to maintain that level of pace. And even Leicester is going to maintain that pace yeah. or close to that pace. Um, Leicester, Leicester's on a little over 80, um, which would be better than their title winning season. Yeah. And so there's, I think, is it too early to ask the question, is City regressing? Or is this just a kind of an indictment on that pressure combined with them not answering the center back problems and then also Laporte getting injured? and kind of having some fractures in that perfection or is this a, is this bigger than a 2019-20 season for 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 City here I think it's a strange one for City cuz I think I don't want to take it out on Arsenal but I think they could lose like a game against United and go spank whoever does not matter whoever the next opponent is by four or five goals Sure. You know, I, I think they're just that potent and their attack is that good. Um, I think you, you hit the nail on the head. We as 
stupid fans were calling out how the, um, on the round table over the summer, how are you going to replace company? How are you going to bring in a center back with that composure to sit alongside Laporte? We know Stones isn't really the answer. They had a weird transfer window. Rodri is a good signing. Um, they brought in Cancelo, who they haven't really used, and they didn't solve that center back problem. And then sometimes you get lucky and you need luck to win titles like we've talked about. But in this case, they got the opposite of that. They got mm-hmm. a bad stroke of luck with their best center back by a mile getting injured. And then you're caught with your pants down and Fernandinho needs to go be your best center back. So I, I um, think he's actually been pretty solid, but he's uh, no, he's, like he's exactly to my point. And he's, he's their best prom. center back. Right. Yeah. yeah. And he's playing out. Of, he's playing out of position. Like and when said, you're trying so. to compete with Liverpool, it's a it's a it's a fool's errand. Um, so I think that's um, what's happening with City. I think they're a top team, but I think the the injuries, their strange transfer window have gone against them. And winning three titles in a row under Guardiola, who demands perfection, is a tough task. Yeah. And um, they'll be um, they'll be through in the Champions League, I'm sure. Uh, I'm not super familiar with that um, competition anymore. Uh, but I'm sure they'll be through in the Champions never League. Never heard of it. We did talk, um, again, on the roundtable about um, – if you had to choose, Liverpool fans wanted league, City fans wanted Champions League, and I do think that the Champions League is a bigger um, notch in the belt for Pep and his tenure at Man City than a third Premier League would have been. Uh, maybe not, maybe not a third Premier League, but just another, like just a, a Premier League title. Three in a row is, puts you in that elite category as well, um, just as much as the Champions League. Oh, but yeah. I think that for Pep, um, winning another Premier League is less important than winning the Champions League with this side. Uh, and I think that they have all the characteristics to do that. And, and another thing we did talk about while we were watching the game is the way that they respond to adversity. They don't really seem all that phased when things don't go according to plan. They're just back back in the saddle and they get after mm-hmm. it again. Mm-hmm. Uh, you mentioned that they could come throttle Arsenal this week. I'm sure they could. Uh, and, and I hope they That one's play. looking like a 4-4, four, four, huh? Yeah. Jeez. <laughs> that one's – yeah, that's going to be a cricket score. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, Aubameyang <laughs> Young. Uh, running down Fernandinho. Yeah, I, I like that. I'll, yeah. I'll go all after that. And if Stones got hurt, I mean, and, and yeah, now that flip, back line's And now flip snap. sides of the field. Right. Oh, De, yeah. No, De Bruyne no, no, staring I, I down soccer look, I don't look at that side. I just say, man, <laughs> Leno's getting pelted with balls. How's that happening? We put eight strikers out on the field. What's happening? <laughs> um, uh, yeah, I, I, it's – it's. I, I think the Premier League's title, it's, it's, I think it's, almost, it's out of reach, man. I'm ready to call it for City. Yeah, I think we're ready to uh, blow the whistle, say, stop, he's dead. Stop. Yeah. Uh, there's there's an interesting uh, point to be made about Pep's mentality when the calls don't go his way um, and the post-match press conferences. When there was the pseudo-title decider against Liverpool a few weeks back, almost a month back, um, he was losing his goddamn mind when he realized that Liverpool was going to lose the game on some decisions. You know, it was the whole two rant, too. Um, That was when I think the idea of a third title in a row was very in his reach. And I think since then, there's kind of been this behind-closed-door acceptance that it's a Champions League or bust season because his post-match conference, after losing to United in a game that effectively kicked them out of the title race... A derby. In a derby... Against United, yeah, exactly. All those things. He, um, his post-match conference was subdued. Um, you know, the the interview was trying to get a rise out of him. You know, he said something like "VAR's taking points away from you again," and Pep just goes, "Yeah, maybe it'll be better next year." You know, very. It's almost like acceptance has crept in, and I would be surprised if you didn't see that kind of animation in a Champions League knockout fixture because I think that is 
his mm. all his he, that's what he's going to be prepping for. Yeah. Let me let me ask you this before we uh, put a bow on this on this game. I do have did, some shit housery comments too. Did no, this like game, non-tactical? Yeah. Did this game um, restore any faith for you in VAR? Uh, um, no, no, mm. because it, 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 I think it can't. I think Mike Oliver, Michael Oliver, was the guy in the booth who. I think is kind of accepted as the best ref in the league right now. And when VAR is contingent on who is the person in a, you know, we call the man cave at Stockley park. Um, it, I, I hate that dependence. I think VAR has been mm. on a bit of a, a couple week reprieve where they've been making the right calls. Um, I'd say a majority across the board. Um, but I think it needs to have a little more consistency before yeah. I can say it's really changed my opinion. Fair enough. I just thought there were two. Um, there was the Stonewall pen that was ended up given, and then um, the handball, uh, the handball shout on Fred's slide was also correctly not given. And those it were was, two it ones was we've seen get bottled this season. Yeah, yeah, encouraging didn't change my opinion. Let me tell you something. The uh, on-field official for the Arsenal game was Mike Dean, and the VAR official was Kevin Friend. I, I was shaking the whole match. That was handpicked for you. Oh yeah, that was that was that's actually it's encouraging because that tells me that there's some really high up people listening to this podcast. Ooh, can we it track them down? Otherwise. Advanced analytics. Yeah, prove me wrong. Yeah, let's give them a free season pass. Don't tell them everyone has one. <laughs> all right, let's get to the. Uh, you get, get to, to listen the to all already. the episodes. All right, Patrick, let's talk about the Rocco's atmosphere. We got to get this out of the way. <laughs> I need your take on the man standing in the corner of the bar by himself, just smashing whatever those blow-up sticks were, and just going through all the B-side chants for United yeah, at so the top I've, of his lungs. How scared was Katie? She, uh, she's pretty unflappable when it comes to that stuff. Um, yeah, fair. But she, yeah, I it was it was an electric environment for sure, and then I think that United answered quickly and really never. There was no, there was never really a reason to give up hope, you know. There's never a turn in the crowd, and it, it was a, it was a good atmosphere. Obviously, a cool moment. The uh, Los Angeles chapter of the Supporters Club got their official supporters, whatever. Yeah, I'm not sure what it that was. was. That was one of those moments where I didn't think it was a big deal, and then the guy broke out crying like a 40 year old man with a kid in his hand. Yeah, broke out in tears, and I was like, oh, I guess this is a big deal. Yeah. So for for the folks that weren't there. Um, Basically, the, everyone. The, after 10 years, <laughs> the Los Angeles chapter got their official uh, welcome to the United fan club. And it yeah. was a uh, handwritten a by Ollie written, and Crayon. Yeah, it, it was it was riddled with spelling mistakes, uh, but it was signed by Ollie himself. Uh, and there was a little picture of Fred the Red in the corner. It was very cute uh, and makes me actually wonder if it was just his his kid that drew it up. But in any case, yeah, it was a uh, it was quite Where the did, environment, yeah. quite the and environment. Then, it wouldn't be an episode of Prem Del Prem if we didn't give a shout out to the mayor of Rocco's, who I promise that the fans will get on the podcast. Yeah, I, I'm not looking forward to that. I don't think that um, he did not watch a minute of the game. <laughs> oh no, he was he was watching. I like when he rouses the rouses the crowd. And um, what is the freaking the twelve days of Katona chant? That is the stupidest chant I've ever heard. Yeah, 12 Cantonas, 11 Cantonas. Yeah, that I think it's it's a nervous tick when you're trying to see out a game. 
five cantonas. They did it two times. Yeah, and they I did think it's just it like one lads. to twelve the whole time. Yeah, it's an insane chant. Four cantonas, three cantonas. <laughs> <laughs> That's an all-time classic. You know, it's just, not an all-time classic. Like I'm the aforementioned man just smashing those sticks on the table, going, "Scotty doesn't know." Scotty doesn't know. It, just with no relevance to McTominay or what he does on the field. <laughs> that, that guy is a, um, a loose cannon. I think that um, if we got him and Andy together to watch a Leicester United game, there would be fireworks. Mm-hmm. L- quite literally, they'd bring some in. Oh, yeah. Yeah. They'd, be, they'd, just yeah. Be, they'd bond over the fact that they were the two people to bring fireworks to the ball. <laughs> Did we just become best friends? Light that exactly. shit up. Yeah. Um, what else have I got here? Um, shout out the cameraman who earned his keep in that oh. post-match uh, rack oh, focus. Oh, the cameraman. That was incredible. Yeah, he earned his dollar with the uh, – I mean, it, it. it's not often you can say I orchestrated a shot that probably brought tears to countless men's eyes. Um just the like proud father sir alex watching over ollie given like the classic good guy norwegian thumbs up Mm -hmm. the the thumbs up is cool ollie's wave needs some work it's too close to like what the queen of england does it's too um it's he's got he's got the john mccain shoulders when he does it where he just can't really get his arms all the way up there and he just does the little jazz hands with his arms kind of hanging out yeah it's it's very jazzy it's very fluttery um and then last but not least i think Ollie can officially be my freak of the week because last week we brought up the uh, the the battle of the alpha pat with Ollie and Mourinho. Like, who's going to have the last pat on the head? Mm-hmm. Go back to the tape, Pat. It happened again. No, it didn't. It happened again. He did it to Pep? He did it to Pep. So patted him on the head? It's like the most condescending exchange that is masked by some form of respect between managers. So with Ali and, and Pep, the conversation ends. Guardiola leaves to say, you know, good job to another United staff member. Turns back to Ali to get the, like, pat in. And then Ali sees him walking away and just reaches, like, an overextend for a final pat. Man. Ali is the last to pat. So he's your freak of the week. I can, we can get the freak out of the way um, this week because mine's related to this game as well. Okay. Uh, my freak of the week is you, James. Um, oh, hey. You made, you made me go to the United bar under the pretense that they would lose and I would get to see sad United fans because you know how sad I've been with Arsenal's performance. You told me I would get joy. Instead, what I saw was the performance of the century by this ragtag bunch of idiots in elation from hundreds, if not a hundred and tens, of United fans, if and, not hundred twenties, and it, it, it I, I was able to mis- escape without having to give anybody a high five. I really hate when that happens because I, I just don't have it in my heart to not give like the, the psychomaniac that's running up to the table a high five if they're going to stand in front of me. Um, so I was able to avoid that, um, and I think I was respectful of you as well. I was talking shit until the the city goal, yeah. and then I. I was actually I was waiting for you to I was waiting for you to bust out the bruised banana from behind a a, a windbreaker a la Clark Kent <laughs> Superman. Someone goes to give yeah. you a high five. Nope. <laughs> Take um, a look at this. Well, I'm actually going to turn this on you. You're my new freak of the week because if I recall correctly, you had a really good time, and I think by the end, unless you're like a sociopath who can manipulate your own emotions, I it looked like you were rooting for us to hold out. Um, 
it looked like you were rooting for us to hold out. Or maybe you were just being a good friend. I, I don't have a lot of those. At um at at two nothing, I was I was rooting for a goal for City. At two one and when the two one happened, like if the two one happened at sixtieth minute, I'd be like, Oh, that's a lot of time left or something like that and really just you know, just kinda get a rise out of you. But five minutes left, I remember it. I just kinda pad you on the shoulders and shut up for the last ten minutes. Yeah. Didn't no fair. no snide remarks, no nothing. Yeah, you know who didn't, you know who didn't shut up? Katie. <laughs> no. Oh yeah, she brought up some some pretty spicy things during that last ten minutes. Oh, she's we've trust me, James. We're we're working. It's a work in progress. We're working on when we can bring and not bring certain things up, and when um. To be clear, to be clear, love Katie to death. Uh, yeah, yeah. Situational awareness when it comes to the prem could could be worked upon. On par with Granite Chaka. <laughs> yeah. All right. Last but not least, Pat, I think we should pop champagne because it's the first week since the start of the season where United and Arsenal both won in the same match week. It's incredible, James. It's incredible. And, it's and a I sight will, to behold. Since we're already a half hour in having talked just about United, I Did do not want to tell that. the fans uh, we're not going to just pivot this into Arsenal. There is no Arsenal talk. <laughs> I'm not bringing it up. I'm definitely not working it in. Not yet. Sorry, what? We're going to get the other two games in. No, but congrats to us. Great hosts, yeah. great fans, great, great teams. Gr- great meme? Um, what would you think of my meme? Yeah, meme was great. Meme was I love that point. olive oil meme. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I think that's what people have come to expect from us, that that top great content. Yeah. Um, also, I didn't realize it had been since October, since early October, since Arsenal's last win in the Prem. But it dawned on me when, by instinct, I went to Arsenal Fan TV, and the interviews were just measured and composed, and I was like, wait, th- there's – there's an imbalance in the force. Something's wrong here. And I'm like, oh, yeah, they won a game. Yeah, it's like it's like Game of Thrones Season 8. You know, it's just different from what you want. Yeah. <laughs> Troops was like, it was good game, blood. Everyone played, blood. Yeah, it's just so ridiculous. Like, there's there's very little different about that performance than another one. But, yeah. you know, in any right. case, on to, the on, show, to, on to game number two of the, the week. The show must go on Everton-Chelsea. Is that right? Oh baby, Let's oh baby, yeah! Um, massive result for Everton. What else can Good- you say? Yeah, Goodison Park is blue. Never had it in doubt. <laughs> Never in <laughs> doubt. Uh, we got to talk about the man Duncan Ferguson, who is a smash mouth coach by every stretch it. of the word. Uh, I caught the he could. There were so many people who could have been freak of the week. Um, Ollie, you, me, but Duncan Ferguson too, because. That man was wearing a sweatband from his playing days underneath his suit. And I think, you know, you, you don't even need to see this guy. You don't need to know anything about him, that he was a former striker for Everton, club legend. All you need to know is he wore his sweatband underneath his suit, and you know exactly who this guy is. Yeah, fantastic. Fantastic. And just to read uh, a couple stats from this game, pretty even on the shots department, uh, but this was another game. 30% possession for Everton, 70 for Chelsea. Uh Fouls. You're talking about being a little bit more physical, bring a little bit more yeah. identity. 14 yeah. fouls for Everton, three yellow cards. So I think that um, at least in the short term, we kind of got a sense for what this identity might be. A hundred percent. And I, you know, long may it live, you know, um, obviously. It's proper English football. It's proper English football. He was a no-nonsense striker from the, you know, from the 90s, the, the kind of rough-and-tumbled era. And uh, he... It seems pretty clear that his 
addressed to the team was get Route 1 football going again. Get the balls into strikers. Be aggressive. Don't be afraid to break down play with fouls. He was like the anti-flashy Marco Silva. Like, you know, like the good-looking Portuguese guy. You just get some dude with teeth pointing all which way, um, speaking some crazy Mersey accent. And uh, he, he got the result. I know things are being thrown around the Everton stratosphere of who's going to come in, but, you know, long long live Duncan. Yeah, I, I mean, it's 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 fun to see that. Um, I mean, it's, it's, it's kind of like an unavoidable trend, right? You have to sack a manager, just do something that the fans can't get so mad at, and then figure yeah. out the rest later. Uh, Bringing in sure the club legend is like a long-term set, strategy. Set the difficulty to easy on, like, owner mode. Oh, dude. You don't, yeah. If if I ever need a, uh, if I'm in the group stage, Europa League, you know, big tournament, um, and I need a result in the last. Some game, say the biggest. You know, I'll I'll, uh, I'll slap that thing on rookie just so I can get my six nothing away score line in and make sure that I take care of business. So I like will bar. say Are you though, being serious? Uh, no, I'm not being serious. Yeah, that's disgraceful. Uh, I did. Don't ever um, mention that again. I did get so discouraged one year because I had a. Um, I had a three-point cushion and a four-goal differential lead on to basically advance out of the group stage. Is it sad that this story is already ringing a bell? <laughs> From two – it was like I, I was first in the group going to the last week. Yeah. And yeah. then I got beat, I think it was like six to, six to two or something like that. Mm-hmm. I even got the goal in like the stoppage time to like secure my place, then gave up another one. Just absolutely brutal stuff. Yeah, you hate to see it. That's controller throwing. Yeah. Yeah, and that's our Chelsea-Everton recap. No. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but it, it, it was a, a – we've seen a little bit of a chink in the armor for Chelsea. Um, yeah, and, and I mean – Thankfully, as far as, um, you know, fairness and, and and wanting the best for every everyone is concerned, um, Tammy Abraham seems fully fit back in the squad. Uh, I believe he scored today in the Champions League. Um, yesterday, yeah. excuse me, in the Champions League. Oh, uh, but I mean, in he's, who knows what day it is. <laughs> in the league, we were talking about Chelsea's form. Chelsea have now lost three, three of, the of their last four. four. Mm-hmm. Correct. In the yeah. Premier League. And now well, they're sitting in fourth place. They are five points clear of the next group. But they are seven points clear of 11th place. So we mm. talked a decent amount at the beginning of the season about how Chelsea – as great as these performances are, there's going to be a slight correction to the mean and the pressure we put applied them. Um, this is this is the test. This is the test. We're not even halfway through the season, and they've got to they've got to find their form um, ahead of some ahead of yeah. some, some challenging fixtures well, this month. It's funny because uh, it wasn't it wasn't clean from the start. It was a shaky start, and then it felt like they found their level with how well they were playing and got that bounce and. My question for you is, are the players getting fatigued? Are they, you know, coming out the end of the true Lampard bounce time? Or is it something a little spicier than that? Are they playing with a little less freedom now that they know the transfer ban's being lifted and there's uncertainty, you know, Mm. thrust back into the club? Because I don't think Chelsea's going to change its stripes and just be a team that goes for long-term patient youth building i think they're always a club that's gonna ruthlessly get results people shame chelsea for it but it's also the same strategy that gets them titles yeah i don't i mean i'm not one of those that shame 
Chelsea for that. I think if you have yeah, the you funds have no and you have an owner that's it, willing yeah. to spend, then 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 why not? Um, I think that there can like you need to be strategic about it. You need to recognize what you've built with these with these with these guys. And yeah, you don't want to bring in a a Rodrigo from Valencia and have him suck ass in in the league and ruin all of Tammy Abraham's confidence and faith in the squad. Like those are things that you have to be sensitive to because of how well the team is playing. And do you put um, like it, it, you're not going to take Willian out of the team, unlikely that you would. And so, do you if you bring in another winger, uh, essentially, I mean, if you're not going to call Pulisic the the hazard replacement, then you're displacing Mount and and or Pulisic, right? Who and, have been rewarding the manager's faith, you know, barring right. uh, the the recent stretch of games. But I I fully expect them to spend. Um, I would expect Same. them to spend. Same. I, and I would expect them to spend in the. Um, in that attacking part of their team. I mean, you know how I feel about their midfield, and I think their, their defense is, is solid. Um, you know, I don't think that there's glaring holes in Chelsea, which I think is a problem when you have spending habits that they do and kind of a a, a lower hit ratio that they've had in the past, although they've um, all of the that mm-hmm. midfield that I just talked about are people that they've mm-hmm. bought. So that, you know, it, it may be a little bit um, disingenuous yeah. or Agree. unfair to them. Agree that it's not, you know, a team with glaring holes, but I also, given the current standard of the league, I don't think it's a title-winning team. So it's it's competition, you know. I think you need that top-level striker to kind of check Tammy Abraham, not kick him mm. out of the side, you know. Everyone needs to be rotated. Ferguson said you needed four strikers to win or four forwards to win, you know, silverware in a league. So I would not be surprised if they built it out. Um, but kind of back to my original question, just looking for an answer. Did you, Do you think this is getting to the players at all? this 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 bit of uncertainty or do you think it's just form and just no, we should write no, it off I, as form yeah i mean i'm 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 willing to write it off as form fatigue um you know they can't rotate a squad the way that other clubs can rotate a squad mm-hmm. and they're in the champions league so they're playing their first team yeah, quite I mean, a bit you're not going to bring Giroud on no you wouldn't you know why would you he's only um a world cup champion and an fa cup champion and an assist well. leader those and things a are leader the of same. men yeah in the only on second thought. forward in is he the is he on the market the, huh is he on the market uh, as long as he doesn't leave london because i think a few years ago he cheated on his wife and she's ah. like i'll stay with you as long as we stay in london so wow maybe so west ham's coming huh well, i mean yeah i mean uh, he's a good looking dude he could probably do yeah that's probably not something i should say right before i get married <laughs> um <laughs> but, we'll fix no, this, it the reason I brought up their form is just looking at their run. Yeah, of pictures, you never right? sleep with another player's wife. It's out of bounds. We know that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but to Chelsea's run of fixtures before this transfer window closed, um, they do have Tottenham and Arsenal both away. So two two London derbies, two tough fixtures. Regardless of what you want to say about those other two teams, um, given the form that Chelsea is in, um, it's not crazy to think that they start the January transfer window outside the top four. So we'll see what happens. It's going to be an interesting month for a lot of teams, and Chelsea is one of them that I'm keeping an eye on. And I think that this stretch of games, after facing a bit of a road bump, mm-hmm. is going to tell us a lot about the identity of that team. Yes, I completely agree. All right, let's close out Everton-Chelsea. Uh, you know, obviously there's a little bit of a rumor mill going on because there's a vacancy in the Everton role. As much as I personally wanted to be dunk, at least through the end of the season, I got a new segment for you. You ready? Mm-hmm. It's called Give It To Me Straight, Stephen A. Here's the deal. Emery is being considered amongst the top uh, suitors for this Everton role. I need 
you to assume the role of Stephen A. I will assume the role of Emery, and you need to tell me why I should or shouldn't take the role. So I am giving advice to Unai Emery. As Stephen A. Smith. Okay, give me a minute. Give All me right. just a minute to compose myself. Um, yeah, this is going to be your why don't, Lisa, while I your assisting chat. Yeah. Why don't, while I compose myself, you give, like, I'll start with a, a bring, bring, bring. I'll pick up the phone. And then you, as you, Nyamri, explain the situation to me, and then I will respond to Stephen A. Uh, okay. Just to help me kind of compose okay. myself. Okay, who's, call, who's calling who? Emery's calling Stephen A, so I'm going to go ahead and pick up the phone. Okay, what kind of phone do you have? Um, it's a I Galaxy make sure, Note. Okay, I want to make sure I get the ring right. I don't even know why I said that. I have an iPhone. Dude, yeah. I went with a different cell phone than I had. Hey, and a, I a mean, harder one to pick out. Freudian slip. Should we go get you that galaxy okay. you always wanted? Bring, bring. Christmas time. Bring, bring. Bring, Yo. bring. Just Stephen uh, A. Good evening. Is it Unai Emery? Who? Unai Emery, uh, former Arsenal manager. Oh, oh, welcome, welcome to the show. <laughs> uh, I need your advice. I, I think uh, they call me in for the Everton job, but I. Uh, I don't know. I have lots of fans yelling at me for a season. Uh, I have two weeks off before Christmas, and uh, I need to know what to do. Look, look, look at you now. You're, you're a professional football manager. You manage clubs to Europa League. Europa League. You went over to Arsenal. They have ambitions. Champions League. Are you a Champions League manager? Well, I don't think so. Look at your record. Look at your history. Know what you can do. You can manage personalities that are smaller, expectations that are smaller, budgets that are smaller. And that's what they got going on at Goodison Park. You get up in that stadium, beautiful stadium. Those are good, good friends of mine. Everybody <laughs> in the Goodison Park, Merseyside, good, good friends of mine. That blue, that's going to look good on you. You want to switch that color, red, blue, bloods, crips. I'm from New York, baby, Harlem. The Bronx. Wow. That was give it to me straight, Stephen A. Well done. Oh, I wasn't even done. Oh, continue. Uh, well, I, I didn't know where I was going. But yeah, no, I just good. figured it, I, I didn't think that plane was going to land anytime soon. I thought you were halfway you are, to LaGuardia you, on you, that one. You read that situation perfectly, James. Yeah, I mean, we've been doing this for a year and a half. We, if it's not, if it's not on air chemistry, I don't know what it is. No, I can do, cut off a rant. And I just want the the folks listening to know that I can do a better Stephen A. James took me off guard by that segment. Um, and so I promise better on the next time around. I'll right, I'm not going to tell you when we're going to do it. Just know that that segment may or may not come back. Pending no, but I, I mean, it's approval. just it's just something that I will be, you know, stay ready, don't have to get ready. You know what I mean? Yeah, of course, of course. All right, well, we're 43 minutes in. We committed to a hard one hour. Uh, it's not looking pretty. Strap in. Let's do a quick little chat on Villa Lester because, Patrick, I feel like as as, as, as fans, we're, we're – um, what's the right word? We're we're lemmings, you know. We've got our head in the sand. We uh, we're counting ourselves out, or rather, we're counting Leicester out from being able to do this thing again. You know, people are talking Liverpool City when Leicester just keeps on winning. How real are they? Are I mean, you know, they're title contenders, right? I've said it. I think I've been saying it for at least a month, month and a half. Yeah, I absolutely view them as title contenders. Um, they've they've shown that they can compete with just about anybody. Um, 
they're winning the games that they need to win to put themselves in the position as title contenders. And they're they're getting every result. Like that's that's the most important thing that a title contender can do is they can get results. And they're not scraping these results away in every instance. So obviously, you know, uh, uh, you know the the win at the win against Everton where the VAR reversed the decision at the very end. You know that that one was obviously a, a scrape away and they've had they've had instances like that but mm-hmm. the loss they're, to united they're, they're putting on a show yeah i mean they have they have lost to some bigger sides that's going to be the difference between whether or not they're a title contender or not um because it doesn't seem like they're at risk of losing to anybody mm-hmm. in the bottom half of the table it, it's they have that level of consistency yeah, i mean and i think you have to credit uh brendan rogers i think that you have to credit the whole squad um but let's Let's not uh, take the spotlight away from the man. Um, ever since his uh, wife was outed as a fraud, Jamie Vardy's been unstoppable. Can we get some uh, sabermetrics on Vardy's scoring record before and after uh, Colleen Gate? Well, he scored in eight straight games, going for his own record of 11 straight, which is just insane when Black you think of, about Black it. Agatha Christie. Yeah, and uh, he's gotten... I think he's got a Hattie in one of those games. He's got... I mean, he's probably got... 11 or 12 of his goals since the incident. Yeah, 16 total, five ahead of anyone in second place for the Golden Boot. He's been playing out of his skin, and uh, obviously he's going to take the headlines. Uh, Madison's going to take the headlines. Soyonchu in defense is going to take the headlines. But uh, you're, I've been I've been dragging Rodgers for a while, and I looked a little bit at how he set up for this game against Villa, and he made some power play tactical decisions. He's Talk been changing. It. He's been changing his formation. At, on a game-to-game basis, so there is no quintessential Leicester lineup. Um, for this one, just to keep it kind of short, he he switched to a 4-4-2 diamond and allowed Villa's wingbacks. He said, okay, we're going to let Villa's wingbacks, who like to play forward and aren't too good at tracking back, we'll give them the space, we'll take our chances, we'll gamble, but we get the ball back, Vardy's off to the races. And Villa right. played right into it. It was two strikers up front. He brought in Iannaccio in his first start in a year and just put trust in that guy and said, okay, you two against their two center backs, by the way, Tyrone Mings pulled his hamstring and they kept him in the game. So that's a big, big oopsie on the Villa uh, injuring team. Well, I think it's more of an indictment on their options off the bench than it is on the injury team. Oh, I feel like pulled hamstring. You're putting, you know, if I'm the only option on the bench, put me in coach. Oh yeah, I'm having to go, but yeah, uh, no, you're not, not a good look. You're right. Um, anyway, so Rogers, there's a lot of weird things that comes out of that mouth, but I guess he's keeping a lot of the good stuff up in that brand of his because um, he's setting them up to win. And he's we got are contract looking... extension as well. You know, it's a it's looking good for him there. Are we calling it an Arsenal snub? Did he snub Arsenal? I know you troll the Reddit. Was there official interest? I've tried to stay away from Reddit recently, um, so I don't really know. It yes or no, Patrick? As... I need yes or no. I see the answers. N- no, column A, column B. Ars- Arsenal's yeah, sure, column A, column B. <laughs> Arsenal's list of potential manager content- contenders is apparently twelve people, um, and that's not a sign of, for me, them ticking all the boxes and making sure they're making the right decision and making sh- sure that they've got everything lined up. For me, it's a sign of lack of direction and indecision. And so I think it's like, well, that guy's doing good. Maybe we should talk to him. He's like, oh, oh no, he likes that. Okay, fair enough. Yeah. You know, I, I don't yeah. 
I don't, I don't know how interested they are in Rodgers. I don't know how interested Rodgers would be in him. Uh, I'm still of the opinion that Arsenal should, you know, barring absolute calamity performances from the whole squad, uh, make this decision in the summer, unless there's somebody that's a can't-miss talent. And for me, that list is as long as Pochettino and, and Ancelotti. Then, yeah, yeah I, I wouldn't make it. I wouldn't make another decision. Until I think the that's uh, uncharacteristically measured, <laughs> and I prefer to listen to the people who are preaching from their soapboxes. You've been listening. Yeah, this is what happens when you don't make Arsenal the game of the week and you listen to too much uh, Arsenal fan TV. Yeah, Troops has been singing uh, Allegri for the past three years, apparently. So uh, let's get that guy in the technical director position. <laughs> <laughs> knowing the name yeah knowing the name of a good manager and saying bring him in blood yeah big big if true big if true the man's still out there all right um anything oh yes how could i forget boxing day december 26th we have first first second at leicester city's patch uh you know, maybe the Liverpool City title decider, quote unquote, at Anfield was a false dawn. Maybe this is a title decider. Yeah, I mean, this would, if if um, if they're in the same situation on points and Leicester can nick it, um, they would be five points off. Leicester already has a goal differential spread. Uh, we got to keep an eye on that. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, five. Five points is enough to feel pressure. Five points is enough to choke. And then five points is also enough for, I mean, I, I think it's all done and dusted for City, but it's enough for all of those other clubs to say, okay, we can get something off Liverpool. You know, I think that the year, not last year, but two years ago, when Liverpool started to kind of really get the form that they're in and they've kind of had for the last two years, you know, the second half of, um, you know, the season three years ago, uh, they lost, I don't, quite remember who but they lost a one nothing game to maybe a Sunderland or something something like that and you're like oh okay this team still has flaws I think that for for Liverpool for someone to reach Liverpool and it looks like it's just going to be Leicester a team needs to to show those flaws uh and expose them because I think when Liverpool get exposed they 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 it gets ugly for them I don't think that they I think they lose their heads I don't think that they have the best mindset Klopp clearly doesn't handle adversity very well. Um, he's <laughs> I love he that. Rides, the team rides. that came back from the Barcelona tie in the Champions League. <laughs> yeah, no. no I, I think that when, when, when things go poorly for Liverpool, it's a whole bunch of bitching and moaning. Yeah. And maybe it's like, yeah. maybe I'm just like putting a spotlight like, on that. because Oh, I can't sing they, You'll Never Walk they, Alone Again? What, what do we do? What, they, have what do we do? they have it so good that when – even like a, a VR decision doesn't go their way. I'm like, I'll oh, quit whining because you have it so good. Maybe I'm not looking at the incident in hand, but yeah, uh, yeah. There, it seems like this is the the only opportunity for someone to provide that punch to Liverpool in the next. Oh, I don't know. Month and a half, two mm-hmm. months. Mm-hmm. I'm looking at their schedule. It's it's yeah. I think it's the game against United at Anfield. Tottenham in the middle of middle of January. Well, those the so way those, they those the way they good, sneak yeah. the way they sneak those fixtures in across Christmas and New Year's. I mean, they could easily slide into like a uh, you know a parallel with your food coma or like your hangover, where you're like, wait, what games got played? And then you know, next thing you know, Liverpool's got something in the loss column. It could yeah, very so just to happen. touch on, I mean, Liverpool has Watford this weekend, which they will um, handle. Uh, and then their next game, Leicester away, Wolves at home, which is not 
going to be an easy game, but I still expect them to get yep. three points. Sheffield United, same category. And then it's Tottenham, and then it's United, and then it's Wolves again. So this is – yeah, I was, I, I'm actually – I'll stand myself corrected. I'll correct myself here, James. This mm. is a – This is very this big is of the, you. Um, if, uh, if, if Liverpool are anywhere – anywhere kind of i'd even say if they're if they're five points clear by the end of january i i we can call it i think that they're that the the, their run of fixtures is 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 through the end of january that they've got to maintain this this lead Mm -hmm. i think that is astute well said patrick let's thank you move it to the home stretch let's get into some segments men of culture patrick i got five for you five for you and for the fans because i love the fans and I don't want there to be any dispute in that. First and foremost, you saw this. We texted about it earlier. Luke Shaw trolling Lukaku with the welcome back to the Europa League tweet. It's perfect, man. It's perfect. Everybody has a little banter, and it's it's great. Again. I, I think it says a lot about how Lukaku is viewed in that dressing room. I actually think that was like friend to friend. Oh, do you? Yes. Yeah, he okay. tweeted at him. That would be some, yeah, some wild shit if they weren't friends. Oh, oh did it to Sanchez. wait a second. Lukaku outed Shaw as the slower player in the beep test. Mm-hmm. You might be right. Mm-hmm. Wow, that's awesome. Give me Inter in, like, the sad round of 32 <laughs> that found, you have to play. He This tweet that Lukaku, he responded to a Lukaku tweet that was, like, months old. He's been sitting oh, on this. no, I thought he posted that the same day. No, Lukaku has a tweet. I'll, I'll pull it up but uh, to, to confirm that I'm right. No, but I Lukaku, believe you. Lukaku posted something. I'm just, I'm just want, I want to get the, um, the time right. The minutiae. Yeah, Lukaku posted smiling, smiley face UCL on October 22nd. And then wow. on December 10th, Shaw goes welcome back with a winky face. Wow. He's been sitting on that for a month and a half. Ooh. Trouble in paradise? Or he scrolled to find it. This is a hundred percent. I mean, maybe maybe they're 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 they're, they're mates, and uh, it's it's that's just that's kind of their banter. But yeah, hilarious for me either way. Yeah, I I think it's probably you know I'm not going to use your famous phrase, but definitely a little bit of both there. All right, next <laughs> thing. Mourinho banned his players from watching the seven-two Bayern game before their rematch, and uh, so they're banned playing. his players. So, yeah, so he. In his conference, he's like, I banned my players from watching the 7-2 game. Uh, I don't want them to see it. And so, on the one hand, I feel like you got to be watching that game tape. That's an astounding decision. <laughs> on the other hand, I do love that Mourinho is trying to, trying to take an inherently, like, beta team and turn them into winners. <laughs> I think that... Here's the thing. If Mourinho isn't watching that tape... He's, no, I think he's doing it for them. Like he's he's uh, even crazier than we think. He's Mourinho's Jesus watching on the that tape. He's like he's gonna I'll put watch a hundred percent, and he's gonna kind of put out a plan to see how they, um, see how they lost and see how they can get things back on track. Um, but yeah, I mean, I, yeah, it's a, it's another in the long litany of interesting things that that man does. Yeah, yeah, it's 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 an interesting one. I I just want to keep watching this. It's like, uh, what's that movie? Uh, She's All That. Like, you're trying to take the nerd who does pottery and, and turn her into the prom queen. It's like trying to make Spurs like into these winners when they're like, what, what do you mean we're not watching the game where we got stomped 7-2? Th- 
Pochettino had that on repeat. It's part of our yeah. pain. <laughs> it's part of my growth as a professional. It's part of my growth plan. Uh, all right, moving on. This is all time. The Ballon d'Or, Messi winning. Uh, I don't know why, but his son was sitting next to Virgil van Dyke's nephew, I guess, at like the kid's table. And uh, Messi's son was just straight up bullying van Dyke in a classic, like, my dad's better than your dad when uh, <laughs> when Messi won the Ballon d'Or. Which one of uh, Messi's son is oldest? Mateo. No, he looks pretty young. Well, they're all young. Uh, like, He's got uh, one that's like a baby. And then one that's in the middle. You know something I'm really like bad at? Small human. Guessing ages. I'm very bad at ages. Oh, yeah. That so kid I'm could a... be 14 or 6. <laughs> you remember that picture of that toddler with a cigarette? And it's like, yo, bro, you 5 or 50? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. You, yeah all those kids look, I mean, obviously it's a dad, but they just look so much like them. It's, it's, it's fucking great. Yeah, I, I, I hope that they have, like, Three little Messies running around Barcelona in, in 20 years. I mean, just keep on making them. I feel like the world needs more Messies. Pump them out. Yeah, get back to work. Yeah. Uh, all right, what Reclaiming else? goat status, though. Yeah, I, I, it's funny how fickle goat status is because that's something mm-hmm. that's so definitive. Um, yeah, but it really I, changes yeah, nothing. I, yeah, he, he's running Except away. To, yeah, it gives, a, it gives a little bit more of a linchpin when yeah. You haven't he's heard still from... notching hat tricks. He's got four hat tricks on the season. It's just one of those seasons where he's doing it. Ronaldo's trying to settle in with Sarri, and it's like feeling a little weird, and that gap is just increasing. But mm-hmm. uh, let's move it along for the sake of the show. Um, did you hear the news about Allegri? That he got canned on after Napoli advanced through the Champions League? No, not Ancelotti. Allegri. Oh, Allegri. No, no, I did not. Sorry. Yeah, he's learning English so he can reject wow. Arsenal in person. <laughs> was that even a report or you just was that just all you that was uh that was a joke that took me 30 minutes to write <laughs> i called in five people for the brain trust we did a writer's the person room. the in-person thing is nice though that was a nice touch of the joke that was well crafted. oh yeah i mean wouldn't you want to see stan crunky's stupid white mustache and be like no i say I no i don't think stan goes to london unless there's an american football game i yeah i, I mean what team does he own again? In the NFL? Yeah. The Rams. Oh, yeah, right. I was about to say he went to a trash-ass Bucks game, but, he, you know, he can't spend any money on Arsenal. But it, I guess I it's the Rams. I think he also owns the Colorado Avalanche, maybe the um, another team in Denver. He owns a lot of – he owns a decent amount of teams. Yeah, all right. Well, But his Arsenal. son does seem to care. Maybe in that's just we're comparing company. him to, like, complete apathy. Right, right, exactly. All right, and then the last one. You remember when we did the mascot segment, Crusty the Pie? Okay. I do not know how I missed this one, so that's on me. West Brom has a sponsor called Combi Boilermakers, and this is a company that makes boilers. And to sweeten the deal, West Brom dubbed their new mascot Colin the Combi, and it is straight up a boiler with legs. <laughs> I mean, I, I just I appreciate the the honesty and the transparency <laughs> through some of these mascots, where they're not they're not trying to fluff it up, they're not trying to give us something that they're not. They're just true. They're just true. And you know, um, it takes it's a safe route because not everybody can be Gunnersaurus or Fred the Red. You can't really it, take those steps outside yeah, of the. It's box. not an instant classic. It's like one that'll grow. 
in time. Yeah, yeah. It's one that's like it needs it needs like a generation to pass yeah. where it's just like, yeah, that's the mascot. Who else yeah, would it be? Yeah. You know, it, it you're like, wait, we made the mascot a boiler? But Maybe? it also feels so fleeting that, you know, they're not gonna be the sponsors forever, so this has a very specific time limit on it. Um, so ridiculous. And I, I gotta take it. you I gotta take you down the Twitter hole because British Twitter is underrated. British Twitter really brings it out because they were just like posting all these videos this guy combi's out doing these uh these like break dances at the stadium and all the just you know black country England uh just um people from Birmingham going who the fuck who the fuck who the fuck are you (laughs) and he's just like hyping him up with the cupping of the ears Um, and then the all time one was you know how they do like Remembrance Day huddles, moments of silence? Yes. So traditionally mascots get in on that and some dude on Twitter was like, I'm gonna lose my shit when Colin the boiler just gets in on the Remembrance Day huddle. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I I think that they're whoever's in charge of um Arsenal Match Day organization makes the smart decision to exclude uh Gunnersaurus from the match day huddles. Uh, make sure that they don't have a picture of everyone. It's upsetting. Highbury or something, and then all of a sudden there's Gunnersaurus just sticking his nose in there. Uh, you can't, you can't have that. So there's, there's some tack that needs to be played into those situations. Photoshop, well. my friend, like he was never there. Yeah. All right, let's bring it home. We got trivia, I believe, which you, um, I do. You know, have been meticulously crafting, and then we'll do goal of the week and degenerate district. Yes. So James, this um. This trivia is a doozy, and I'm excited for you because I think this one is one that's within your wheelhouse. So, um, <laughs> let me set the scene for you. Uh, Jamie Vardy is currently on pace to break the Premier League's single-season goal record. Uh-huh. He is actually halfway there, uh-huh. and he is two games short of halfway through the season. Um, he is also the record for goals in a Premier League season for Leicester City. Mm-hmm. And so, I want you to name for me the top goal scorer in a season, in a Premier League season, not a top flight season, a Premier League season for each of these clubs. But there's a twist. In this trivia, we're playing minefield style, which means Uh. the first one you get wrong, it's over, we're binning it, it's done. Do you understand? (laughs) Yeah, I understand. And so I'm going to read you the list of the table in order, and you tell me who their record holder is for goals in a Premier League season. Before we start, full okay. disclosure, I did okay. not go all the way down to the bottom of the table. Oh, Jesus, so how the, many are we doing? For the quality of the segment, I'm hoping you fail early so that I'm not scrambling toward the end. So, goals in a season, Liverpool. Salah. Correct. 32. He is the Premier League record holder. Leicester City. Goals we- in a season. You said it was Vardy, right? It is. Yeah, okay. Um, and there's some dude in the 20s that got like 40-something. Who was um, it? I don't know. It was in the 20s. All right, thanks uh, for that. <laughs> this, yeah, this isn't the more you know. This is my version of trivia. Um, and, it's, and it's subjective. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't like four of those goals, so they didn't count to the total. <laughs> City, uh, Aguero. That is correct. Yeah. 26 for him. Chelsea. Uh... Uh-oh. I'm between Hazard, Drogba, and Diego Costa. And I, my friend, am going to go 
jeez. I'm going to go Drogba. That is correct. Yeah. 29. Yeah, 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 yeah. Okay. Sitting in fifth place on the table, Manchester United. This is going to be bad. <laughs> Van Nistelrooy or, or Ronaldo? Um, oh, jeez. Just in the Premier League, not like all, all comps? Premier League goals, yes. Jeez. Oh, or Van Persie in 2013. Yikes. This is not going to look good on me. Uh, I'm going to go Van Nistelrooy. It was Ronaldo. Yeah, okay. 31. He was a joint record holder before Salah broke the record. And that's it, James. We're been in the segment. No more news. Can't tell you who else had more goals. You, were you, tell you uh, how far I went. <laughs> you um, definitely didn't have Wolves. <laughs> huh? You definitely didn't have Wolves. No, I had Wolves because I needed because I thought you might get all the way there. Okay, um, all right. I'll tell you, I went I went all the way through Palace. I got halfway through the table. Oh, damn! All right. Yeah, there's no way you were getting Wolves and Sheffield. United, all right. Though. So Spurs, Kane. Yep. Uh, Arsenal, Henri, and Van Persie. They both had thirty in a season. Sheffield United, I guess. Um, yeah, that, I mean, I don't know, but yeah. Brian Dean, ring a name? No. Okay. <laughs> all right. Yeah. Uh, what cruel irony that it was United. Mm, brilliant. Well, that's it. That was a nice. minefield trivia. We'll Enjoyed probably that. do another minefield down the line. Um, decent. Enjoy that. Four. Enjoyed four that. out of 20. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, goal of the week, Pat. I, I would be dumbfounded if we did not have the same one. Well, you also don't know how I pick my goals of the week. No, I do. With but you can't be hit. stupid. I'm going... With Son's solo goal, yeah, um, there can be only there, one. There this were a is, lot of good goals this week, this week. Of goal of the week, yeah, it was um, it was miraculous. He ran ninety yards. The the here's what I'll tell you. Um, the reason, and you know that it's my goal of the week, so it's not going to get my goal of the month. The reason it's not going to get my goal of the month is because when you do a full field sprint like that, you have to, for me, dribble around the goalie to complete the complete the move you can't I slot it past him beyond it's, it's a bit of a cop-out for the for the full it's cop-out it's like uh yeah yeah you're trying to do the chip goal in fifa just add a little add a little oomph oh yeah there's got there's i thought gotta be some i thought where you were going with that was the defending is horrendous oh it was right it seemed all too easy it seemed like it was something out of like the 90s when yeah, you, had- you can't all score those kind of goals against like a prime arsenal that one right. was against Burnley. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. Um, well, Andre had a few of those in his locker. Hmm. Yeah. Well, people will forget that Harry Kane had like two equally insane shots and goals in that same game, but San's going to take all the headlines. I'll tell you what, James, I forgot. You already forgot? I did. It's already gone. Mm-hmm. Inside and outside of that melon. Yeah. Harry Kane's first and third goal, I think, were just bangers, and it was San all the way. Uh, let's do the segment we all know and love to wrap it up. The Degenerate District. Give us a little lowdown on where you're at. So, last week, I locked, um, what did I lock? You locked Newcastle. I did. And guys, look, I'm not, I've got easier games to lock. I could have locked Burnmouth Liverpool for you. I could have locked, um, I guess that was the easy one last week. Leicester Villa, and I could have done those, but I'm not. Tottenham Burnley, no. I'm giving you good odds. I'm giving you Newcastle over Southampton. That's what Chef- I'm here uh, for. Sheffield. Oh, no, Southampton. My bad. 
Yeah. Um, and I am, I am curious. Maybe we'll post one of these on the Instagram. I'm, I'm curious if anyone's actually taken this advice. Because I think at this point, it's becoming statistically significant. Is silence a no or is it apathy? DM us and uh, tell us. Yeah, we might, might have to do a poll. <laughs> We have to do a poll, and I don't know how to do those. James, the so poll is: Are you not responding to us because you don't care, or you're disagreeing? <laughs> and that's the poll. <laughs> Honestly, I'd like to know. Um, and then I had my debut of a specimen to ball, which was mm, Everton really committing. Yeah, Everton getting the the new manager boost went over Chelsea, which they did, and as is tradition, my crock busted. And James's iteration of the croc would have hit. So um, the locks looking good. Just, the specimen to bulls are I looking good early, crocs. but too soon to say there's a trend. But I got some good ones for you this week, James. I think you're gonna hate my lock this week, Off but I am locking Arsenal at plus one and a half at home against City at minus one thirty-five. That means an Arsenal win draw or lost by one would cash out at minus 135 home against city it's funny i don't hate that i think uh i think this could be a wheels fall off moment for city i think they're still susceptible to losing but i think you're covered in that in that spread i think like three two four three city is feasible but i also think it's highly possible arsenal get a draw or even a victory if if yeah. you're if your defense can be competent, I trust an attack of Lacazette, Pepe, Aubameyang to exploit something that James, Rashford, and Martial did. Well, we said we want to talk about Arsenal, but um, Lacazette was dropped from Martinelli this past week, and they that's got right. Result. And so I would, warranted. I would expect. I mean, Martinelli's been knocking on the door for the first team, and he got the equalizer and was was heavily involved. I would expect him to be in the side. Um, I think he's deserved it. I think he's deserved yeah. it. And I think that you should you should reward performances. I think that that's something that Arsenal have not done over the last few years. And so I'm, I'm hoping they reward performances. But I agree with you. Though I do think that I am um, 0 for 2 on betting Arsenal games. Maybe 0 for 3. So just do with that what you will. Um, no, I, I, endorse get- the, I endorse that lock. Very good. I did not think you would. Mm. I thought you were thinking bounce back for City. I let's be real. I could also see four nothing City and yeah. just be scratching my head as to what happened. I could see that entirely. You can only play. Uh, you can only play the numbers. Yeah. So my crock this week, James. I think you're going to love this. To win outright at plus twelve hundred, <clears throat> twelve oh, to one Jesus. odds. Norwich at at Leicester City. The banana peel game before Leicester has to play City Ooh. away and then Liverpool at home. It's a banana peel at plus 1,200. The draw is even looking pretty spicy at plus 700. There's probably other lines I, in there where you get a combination. I what prefer the draw. I prefer the draw. I yeah. I think you're kind of devaluing your Crocs. I feel like you've kind of given up on your Crocs. You're just mm-hmm. like, oh, this looks good. I'm going to throw this one out there. You know, I think they the Crocs need some integrity put back on their name. And I think you've got this this Gumar, this mistress, this spicy meatball segment that you like to do. I think the Crocs need some love. And I'll tell you, mm. a Lester draw is, is a decent Croc. If you want James's Croc that I draft off of your ill-advised Crocs, that is my Croc. And 
let's let's also um, clarify this for the people. My only croc hit was a modification uh, by you. Mm. Um, your modification last week would have hit the croc. So if you're looking for the croc to take, Who do you maybe trust? the James iteration of my croc. It's like an alternative, let's, yeah. Let's not sleep on the spicy metabol of the week. <laughs> Newcastle is plus 285 to win away at Burnley. Right, it that's out. a decent shout. I actually think that's great, man. I yeah. th- you really do put a lot of attention to this, this meatball. Uh, yeah, Burnley coming off a pretty bad loss. Newcastle on a streak. I don't understand the logic in that in that line. Yeah, neither. Do. I think it's just the home away thing, probably, and the fact that neither of those teams are particularly good. But Newcastle just got a, uh, they just beat Sheffield away, I believe. So I mean, it's not that's not an insignificant yeah. result. You know, any stretch in a vacuum, I think Burnley's a better team. But I think you got to read, I think you got to read what's going on. Right, right. Um, and yeah, and James, I actually would counter you on this because I think I am putting integrity into the Crocs because okay. the Crocs are meant to be Crocs, and well, I think yeah, I was upset that... by not giving people. A chance to win money with some of those crocs and that's why i introduced the specimen to ball <laughs> all right you can't question the man's ways he delivers results unless we're talking crocs that was degenerate district that was our man pat laying it down uh i think that's pretty much it that was a marathon episode oh last thing it's team of the decade season we're coming to the end of 2019 there was always going to be this grandiose talk about how the premier league's been shaped in the past 10 years Pat's putting his team together for the next episode. I'm putting my team together. Team of the decade from any team, any any year, best 11. Slap them into a formation former on a PremierLeague.com and send it our way, and we will read out our favorite on next week's episode. Is that right? That is right. Okay, good. I'm we glad I checked. We should put something on the Instagram to get people to actually do that. Yeah, we probably should. Where's that it intern? It worked last time. That intern said he was going it. to buy milk. never came back all right yep they better come back and we better see you guys on the next episode i think we're still in our regular scheduled programming yeah it's gonna start it's gonna start to get a little funky i gotta tell you fans it's gonna start to get a little funky with uh with eastern seaboard travel but we'll see you next wednesday as usual Signing off on behalf of Pat, this is James, Prem Del Prem. We'll catch you next week. What's up, Prem heads? Make sure to find us on Apple Podcasts at Prem De La Prem, a Premier League podcast, and smash that subscribe button for all other interviews, segments, and hot takes that you can handle. You can also find us on Instagram for some fire content at Prem De La Prem Podcast. No spaces, no punctuation, just like life.